True Detective Season 1 is over and has been for a long time, but we are just getting ready to start making flowers about True Detective oh Season 2. Hello, everybody. How about that? Is that too much? Is that too far? Uh, you just went right right for it. I mean, this is what people are going to get when they start listening to our True Detective podcast. So I figure we should just be upfront about how nasty we're going to be. All right. That, well. se- that seems right. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler here on PostShowRecaps.com. You're listening to the first episode of our True Detective podcast series here. Uh, we are. I'm very pumped about this. This is going to be very fun. We've got a really good group of podcasters here for this series that we're going to be doing right on the eve of season two launching. We're a few days away before that happens. This is just a preview show where we're going to get all of our thoughts on True Detective down on paper. So just to introduce the panel, you know me. I'm Josh. I've done I've done shows here, a couple here and there, one or two. Uh, you guys know. Uh, uh, this next man, somebody who I've done uh, many, many, many shows with uh, that hopefully you guys have listened to. He's my cohort uh, in crime in upstate New York, Antonio Mazzaro. How you doing, buddy? Josh, how are you? I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to, to talk to you, and I'm very excited about our, our third co-host. Yeah, very pumped up about our third co-host, who is a man that I've met in the flesh, uh, but have never podcasted with. I think that this is our first podcast together, right, Jeremiah? I believe it is. Yes, sir. And I don't think that we've ever gotten on the air together, but here he is, Jeremiah Panhorse of the Mad Men podcast. And of course, you know him here on Post Show Recaps for his Boardwalk Empire podcast with Antonio and plenty of other stuff that he has done here. Jeremiah, this is a pleasure. I'm very excited about this. Yes, this is awesome. This is an all-star panel right here. I mean, seriously, can you can you get any better than this? I was thinking about this. Uh, <laughs> could it get any better? I was already thinking about this earlier, um, and no, no, it can't. I, I, it could if we had a, if we if we if, if if we had a woman if we had a, if we had a woman it would be better yeah yes. that would be better but you know much like True Detective season one it's all uh, it's all bros yeah we'll get there that's that's kind of the thing with True Detective right I know that they're trying something different here with season two uh, we'll we'll see how that takes. Yeah, yeah. I, I would hope that it would take well, but uh, I'm very excited about Rachel McAdams. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Let's do it. I love, I love Rachel McAdams. But no, we're talking here on the eve of True Detective season two. So what we're going to be doing all season long and I say all season long, but it's probably going to be a pretty short season. I believe it's another eight episodes, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. True Detective tends to run pretty short. So for the next eight weeks, the next eight episodes of this show, uh, Jeremiah, Antonio and I, we are going to be getting together after every episode of the show. We'll probably give ourselves the show airs on Sunday nights. We're going to be podcasting mostly on Monday nights to give ourselves some breathing room between the episode uh, and, and recording the podcast to get all of our commentary down on paper. But we will be with you all season long talking about season two. Today, we are going to talk about what our hopes and fears and dreams and expectations and all that good stuff are for season two and also what we thought of season one of true detective which is almost irrelevant i feel like because it's such a different animal this is one of those shows that completely changes settings and characters and uh cast and crew everything is going to be very different coming into season two but true detective season one was just such an event that i don't think that we could even you know we couldn't do justice to a true detective podcast if we didn't uh kind of close the door talk about true detective season one so i guess just kicking off from there uh uh, I'll kick the ball over to you, Jeremiah, because, Jeremiah, you've been really excited to podcast about True Detective for a while now. Uh, this has been something that's been talked about in the post-show recaps team for several, several months. Um, what are your thoughts on True Detective just overall? Well, I thought it was a very unique, unique idea that HBO had. I mean, uh, it was such a compelling show right off the bat from the first episode. It was such 
you know, in dark nature, the idea of doing an intense crime drama where every season was going to be different was so exciting to me. I thought, uh, I think though, the, I mean, you look at the success of the first season. I mean, I'm certainly, I think you'd have to point to the amazing job that Matthew McConaughey, of course, did with his character and, and also to Woody Harrison, I thought was very good as well. And the chemistry the two of them had together, I thought was fantastic. And it was just, it was, uh, the story was, was able to just really drag you in. And I, and I just, I thought it was very exciting to watch something that just drags you into such a dark place and a dark world that a lot of people you know, let's be honest, don't really get into hopefully. And uh, I just thought that uh, overall the production value was, was extremely well on the show, which of course we should, you know, we always expect HBO to do a fantastic production. And I just think that uh, it, it's one of those shows that was definitely a worthwhile talking about when it came out. And uh, I'm really excited to see that they did continue this on and being able to see something different every time is going to be very interesting, which is definitely something I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about as far as that concept of you know every season being completely different yeah what we feel about it right yeah and I, and I think one of the cool things about the show is you know i would recommend to people if you're going to embark on season two and if you're going to watch these uh these episodes and listen to these podcasts go back and watch season one if you haven't done it already but you don't have to is the cool thing is you know you could you could hop into season two and you could just ex- experience this show for the first time and it will be completely new and original to you uh Antonio, what what's your take on true detective <laughs> So, I mean, everything that Jeremiah said, I'm on board with. It it is a kind of a unique show, even in terms of HBO shows for production value and and, and mainly also for cast, right? Like the big hook of the the first series is that you've got Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. And they had Matthew McConaughey shooting this before the McConaissance. I mean, this was part of the McConaissance. This is a huge part of the McConaissance. Yeah, this was a big, big thing that, that helped him kind of vault back into consciousness along with Dallas Buyers Club and a great kind of cameo role and Lincoln in the Wolf car of Wall Street. Yes, and the, yeah, and then Lincoln Car commercials and being parodied on Saturday Night Live, so you know you've made it. But no, the cast was really phenomenal. Uh, and it wasn't just that, right? We had uh, great direction. We had great just cinematography, just everything about the way the show was shot. Southern Gothic has been done on television before uh, and, and to varying degrees of success. It's been done in film before uh, and some, some great examples, obviously, there. But this is something that I, I don't know. Um, just so many things in that first series that, that really were just there for atmosphere. I think of like the baseball play who had developed this horrible illness and they were investigating a lead and ended up at his house and Woody Harrelson's talking to him at one point and says something to him like, I really admired you and this just weirdly ill man is there and it's just unsettling and there's so much of that throughout the first series that the atmosphere of the show was fantastic uh, and if, if this second series captures even a hint of that, it will be uh, still a, a great, great show to watch. Yeah, I mean this is it's interesting true detective was um you know so many shows are binged now i feel like you know there's everyone goes on netflix and that's how breaking bad became popular so many people hopped on the netflix train there and uh true detective for me once it started coming out and once it started picking up steam and once people were really talking about it i was just saying to myself uh i'll wait until it gets close to the end and then i'm going to binge watch the whole thing which is ultimately what i did but i kind of regretted it in in the sense that it was such a conversation that was happening you couldn't go online after an episode and not 
Nazi think pieces about True Detective. You couldn't go online. You couldn't go on Twitter. You couldn't see people not talking about it. It was just it was super, super talked about. It was a real water cooler show in a way that I didn't expect and in a way that I felt like I was missing out, that I was missing out on the weekly conversation. I think it altered how I viewed the show because a lot of people who were watching week to week were so focused on the mystery and who is the Yellow King and all of these crazy, almost lost level uh, theories that were being developed around the show. Were you guys weekly watchers? Did you binge it? How did you guys experience the show? Yeah, I guess I'll start first. Yeah, I, I weekly watched it. It was one of those shows, you know, when you look to the new, to the new year, you always read what everybody's talking about as far as shows that people are expecting to be good, right? And I saw lots of reviews of people very excited about this show. And, and how can you not be interested in a show that, like, uh, of course, Antonio mentioned earlier, with such a huge star power, you're like, okay, I've got to check this out. So I didn't even have HBO at the time. It was in between where I had canceled it for a while, then I was like, well, I'm going to definitely order it again. So I purposely made sure I ordered it and was ready to go for the start of the season. And you're right. I mean, everybody, there was so much mystery into it as well as, as was part of the show that people were doing all kinds of crazy theories and everything. So it was, it was definitely a, a show that everybody was talking about when it aired. What about you, Antonio? Were you along for the ride or did you come in after? So I was along for the ride and I'm a big Reddit user. I'm a big Twitter user. I'm in the comment sections across the internet uh, and various aliases. And I'm probably watching various right aliases. Now. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. It means I'm a creep, Josh. Oh my God. You're a total weirdo? creep. Yeah. What no, I really are you doing here. I'm just right now I'm hiding in the bushes with a microphone upstate New York. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, gosh, that way he can speak freely. You yeah. know, <laughs> no, it's good. It's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> Permission to speak freely, sir. You have the, it. Granted. The, thank you. Thank you. The, so yeah, I'm all over that uh, on shows that I really like. What I think was interesting about true detective is I think a lot of people assigned that value to this show and perhaps inappropriately because at the end of the day, the big picture mystery of the show wasn't that mysterious. Right. Uh, it was a pretty right. straightforward, cut and dried thing. Uh, her, the, the, you know, Woody Harrelson's father-in-law was not somehow molesting people and part of this conspiracy. Uh, Woody Harrelson's daughter drawing things in the notebook wasn't meant to represent some specific connection to him, to the larger issues in play. Um, more of a, you know, just more of a, a, an emotional one than anything. But... Um, but I and, I and so I think a lot of people were probably disappointed uh, in the show uh, in that regard. Uh, but the f- philosophical element of the show was a huge, was a huge connection for me. Just the the Matthew McConaughey character and him talking about things that Woody Harrelson calls scented meat, uh, just sentient meat, and all the kind of weird nihilistic uh, philosophical musings that Russ Cole is spouting off throughout the the series uh, really hooked me in. And then yeah, trying to piece together what the large your meta story of the timelines was was a big deal for me so i was a weekly watcher and realizing you know somewhere through that first episode that rust cole was actually a suspect in the future and that these guys weren't just interviewing them because they wanted details and trying to piece together where whether we were watching a show where the killer was somebody that we were associating with uh i really bought into that in the first few episodes and then of course you have the huge action hook uh, somewhere there around the fourth episode so 
there's just so yeah, many the, things the to like about tracking that. shot that everyone was talking about. And that was the moment where I was like, oh God, FOMO in full effect. So much fear <laughs> of missing out. Uh, but everyone is talking about that, you know, four or five minute tracking shot that just closes that episode. I was like, oh, I got to start watching this. But it felt like I was just still too late at that point. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's but it is FOMO for real when you talk fear of missing out when you're talking about things like that, because there were Twitter bombs that were blowing up and that that was absolutely going across social media and Facebook and things like that at that point. Uh, this show, oh my God, my mind is blown. HBO, yeah. the buzz really built, not just because of all the things. I mean, this show really hit on so many different levels. If you wanted a great performance or you wanted to see great actors really plying their trade, you were getting that. If you wanted a really well executed show from a directorial standpoint, you were getting that. If you wanted a twisted narrative, uh, you were getting that. If you wanted atmosphere and this hauntingly authentic kind of Southern Gothic, you were getting that. So it was really lighting up across the board in so many different ways. It is a really spectacular first season of television. Yeah, which makes the the bar pretty high for season two. Uh, and like even even you know close to the end of season one and at after season one, shortly after season one, I feel like this was very much in the air and in the conversation. This idea of uh, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna continue the Rust Cole and Marty Hart story for season two. McConaughey and Harrelson, they're not coming back. Carrie Fukunaga not coming back, the director who directed every single episode of the first season. It's going to be a completely different thing to the point that there's, you know, the hashtag True Detective Season 2 meme that started popping around of people floating out their ideas for who should star in the show and just a lot of attention on what would the direction of the show be? Uh, who, would come, who would come into this thing? The bar was so high with actors like McConaughey and Harrelson taking on the lead roles. Who would be famous enough that would be satisfying but also just a right fit for this tone? Would we get another director to direct the whole thing? There was a lot of talk about director's wish lists and everything like that. Um, and, you know, we've we've arrived at some answers, obviously, as we're on the precipice of season two. It's not going to be one director who is directing the whole thing. Justin Lin, who um, directed a, a ton of the Fast and Furious movies, has directed two of the episodes of True Detective season two and is apparently the tone setter of season two in terms of the look and the feel and all of that stuff. But he's not directing every single episode. We'll have a bunch of directors coming into the mix here. Uh, and rather than just having two people show up to fill in McConaughey and Harrelson's shoes, we've got four people. We've got uh, Taylor Kitsch. We've got Rachel McAdams. We've got Colin Farrell. We've got Vince Vaughn. Uh, big shoes to fill. It seems like we're, we're adding more ingredients into the stew. Is it too many cooks, Jeremiah? Or do you, do you, like, do you like where we're at here as we're heading into season two? Do you think that the pieces are in place for something that could be as special as season one? Oh, Josh, you can never have too many cooks. Never. 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 No. Uh, yeah, I know. It's interesting because, you know, we, we focus so much on a two character season one. And now we have, like you said, four major characters that are involved in this. So it certainly will have a different tone in that aspect for sure. But I'm very intrigued about it. I mean, I think that as long as the story fits around the th- all these main characters and how their lives inter- uh, intertwine with each other and as far as how this is going to play out into the overall plot itself, uh, as long as they, they do it, and I have no reason to think they will not be able to do it, uh, do it in such a way where it seems very natural and very, uh, and very uh, easy to watch, I think they're going to be just fine, and I, I really have no doubt that they'll be able to do that. And and it definitely sounds like all four of these characters going to have very rich, dark backgrounds that are going to be very fascinating to dig into as we get through each one yeah so I th- I'm, I'm not i'm a concern are you 
Um, no, I mean, I'll be honest, the Vince Vaughn thing, I'm still raising my eyebrows over. You know, when, when Vince Vaughn was announced as part of the cast, I was kind of like, huh, okay. Let's talk about this, because, you know, obviously, you know, Vince Vaughn is known, obviously, as a, as a comedic actor for the most part. I think... Uh, but he's been in movies that aren't funny also. He was in The well, Dilemma. Yeah, he. you know, that's... that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one thing. I never Dang. did see his performance in the Psycho remake as uh, Norman Bates. Right, me neither. Does, did any of you guys see that? No. So I was wondering how well he did in that. I saw it. Very, he, was, he was okay. He's, he was sort he's of, at the heart of a great masturbation scene, I believe. Really? <laughs> it's, I'm, listen, I'm not just saying that to get a rise out of anybody. It's, it's what I've heard. Yeah, okay. Psycho is Psycho. Uh, he, yeah. He's fine in that movie. It was a little bit wooden and a little bit of a... The felt like an, scene. Felt like an aped performance. He was he was really channeling uh, Tony Perkins. And it wasn't like... The whole movie, I thought, didn't... I mean, it does, I don't know why that movie exists to this day. Well, shot for I, shot remake? Are you kidding me? I, I was going to say, I part of the reason why I didn't watch it, because why would I want to watch a shot for shot remake of one of the most classic uh, Hitchcock films of all time? I don't need to see that movie, and that's the reason why I never did. But now, looking at the fact that we know that Vince is going to be playing a very dark, uh, bad you know, bad guy here, it would be very, it'd be very interesting to see how he did. And that's why I was asking you guys if you would happen to see that performance, because obviously that's one we can look at where he did play uh, someone who obviously is not a good good person. Right, but I mean, I'm interested. I, I'm 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 skeptical of Vince Vaughn being part of this, but you know it's it's certainly not unheard of for comedians to to take on dramatic roles and really knock and, it out of the park. And a lot of and a lot of times they do extremely well. I exactly. Mean, oh, look how awesome Robin Williams did in, in quite a few movies that where he played a very you know dark, uh, you know deep dark character where you you know he really really just knocked it out of the park. So I. I I'm going to be, I put Vince being on this cast is my number one question and I cannot wait to see how well he does. And everything I've read so far from people who have screened the first three episodes said uh, so far what they've seen has been really, really good. Uh, Antonio, what do you think of of the cast? What, What are your first impressions of some of these people that the show has gathered for season two? So it's funny. I wish I had an impression to do of any of these people because when you said first impressions, I could just do it. We'll develop them as we. I'm sure that we are going to get some impressions along. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll it's, get it's, there. I wonder what the um, what like the podcast equivalent of like the long hair and mustache Colin Farrell face we're going to be able to pull off. <laughs> just can I make my voice sound any droopier? Can I do that? Maybe we'll yeah. we'll see if we can make that happen. We can work on that. I I'm a fan of Taylor Kitsch. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. Texas Riggs. Forever, baby. Three. Yeah. Yeah, so we we really do need uh, Taylor Kitsch and everything uh, because he's had a kind of a rough go. He I don't has, know, if you, and it's not his fault. Damn it! <laughs> I, I don't think that it is, but uh, he has picked Jeremiah, some projects. Are you, a, are you a Friday Night Lights guy? No, I am not. All I, right, that's the next I, podcast. Uh, <laughs> and you, you guys know I'm not a sports guy. Anybody who's listened to me on any of these shows knows that. Uh, I I love I love Taylor Kitsch. He's had some bad luck. John Carter tanked. Um, Battleship. Battleship sunk. Uh, Battleship stunk. <laughs> Um, you know, he's been in some movies where he's taken the lead role and it just hasn't worked out. And I don't think it's on him, but he really gets blamed for a lot of it. I feel like um, he's a he's a really fine actor. I think he just
just gotta you just gotta put them in something that people are gonna actually put their eyeballs on slash is actually going to be good in the case of battleship but john carter was a, i thought a very fun movie yeah john carter yeah. was fine yeah it, it was fine he he uh, and, and taylor kitsch is fine obviously uh in probably every sense of the word but uh he he has this brooding sense about him with his eyes obviously and i think that's going to play really well considering the role that he's kind of taken on of this uh, ex-military highway patrolman that's kind of wrapped up in the meta story of this season of true detective so i'm very much looking forward to that i am looking forward to rachel mcadams i'm hoping that the character isn't just this sort of rogue collection of stereotypes uh that we see for female police officers in different shows um hoping that it can be something a little bit more i really like for example um the way the kim dickens role in gone girl i thought that she did a fantastic job with that of course that's written uh from the book in a certain way but i thought she really knocked that out of the park that's an actress i really really like so i'm hoping to see a a detective that is uh in in rachel mcadams that has a, a little more nuance than your standard kind of female detective but we'll have to just see as far as vince vaughn goes i'm not that concerned about it he as i understand it he's playing the kind of role where it's sort of this gangster who wants to get out of the game criminal uh and he's kind of at the kind of burnout and vince vaughn has always been burnout to me he's got those bags under his eyes he's this sort of fast talking kind of guy who you, you realize he's probably talking fast a lot of the time to convince himself of his own lies. So I would, I, I think that that can fit in this role pretty well. I don't think they've cast him in, in the sort of Rust Cole kind of role, where I think if we saw Vince Vaughn kind of playing Rust Cole, I think we'd look at it and say, I'm not sure that that's really going to play well. I think this is the role, the role fits Vince Vaughn. And I'm, and I'm a fan of Colin Farrell. I think Colin Farrell uh, has done some great work, and yeah. I think he's actually uh, overly criticized, unfairly criticized for a lot of stuff i love in bruges is a great film uh there's a lot of other stuff for colin farrell that really hits for me so i'm excited to have him on the show as well i i really don't i don't have any complaints about the cast yeah uh, not vince bond's the question mark for me but i'm i'm really I'm, I'm open to it let's let's see what he brings i want i want to get back to rachel mcadams here um she's she's a i think a terrific actress somebody who hasn't been um who hasn't really had nearly the career that i think that she deserves i think that she's really excellent um, and there was a lot of talk about who was going to be playing this role before the actors were announced there were casting breakdowns there were character breakdowns that were released you know the gangster type and then the three different cops and one of them was going to be a female detective uh, and you heard a lot of Elizabeth Moss from from Mad Men Jeremiah she was somebody who was in in the mix for a while yeah obviously I was uh, when I heard her name come up I was very excited hoping that that did come true but when I heard that they got Rachel I was like well Rachel is also a very established great actress that i think will be fantastic as well so i am perfectly satisfied with rachel i i've kind of have a little bit of crush on her so i'm excited yeah i'm excited about seeing rachel in this role so this is this is a thumbs up for me but i think it is going to be you know more so than any other character this is the role for me to watch because Mm -hmm. if you've got knocks on season one of true detective there's there's plenty that you could take what the the big one um or one of the really big ones is uh the, the lack of fleshed out female characters you know basically not just in terms of fleshed out female characters but female characters period uh there were not a ton in season one and it was something that the show is getting criticized for a lot and i want to see nick pizzolato who is the who is the writer of both seasons who is the really the the brain man behind uh behind true detective Uh, i want to see how he handles this character i really do i'm really hopeful that she's going to be awesome um but antonio I'm, i'm worried for some of the same reasons that you seem to be worried 
Yeah, I we'll we'll just have to see. Uh, it's um, I when I read the synopsis of the character, I'm a little concerned, but I'm prepared to make my own mind up and not let what anybody else says kind of influence how I feel about it. But that's my concern going in, uh, and I'm not sure that the character will be underwritten or underserved. I just feel like it. There's the possibility that that it, with that particular role, that it could be written in such a way that it's something that we've seen a fair amount of, and that that could work. True Detective, as Jeremiah kind of pointed out uh true detectives first season was something that we'd seen a fair amount of this is not a novel concept to have a kind of uh the the kind of show that it was uh, in terms of the subject matter or or the way uh that, that it was particularly presented uh in, in in that regard but um it was certainly unique for hbo and it was certainly like a phenomenal representation of all the things that it was so i i think this second season could stand on its own and be very very good We'll just have to kind of uh, keep an open mind, I guess. I mean, I have some concerns. Mine mainly are related to the fact that I do think that there's a lightning in a bottle kind of thing when you've got one director directing all eight episodes. I do recognize that that puts that director in an incredibly difficult position. And I don't expect that they could get the same director to do the same thing every year. But I do think having continuity in terms of directors uh, leads to the sorts of things we saw in True Detective. And I do think bouncing around detect- on, on in directors i think we're we're it's unfair of us if we expect another breaking bad level show where you can rotate from among five or six directors and every episode is phenomenally directed i just i don't expect that we're going to get that out of this season of true detective but i hope i'm wrong yeah well it's interesting um because i really i really do think that the this is something that's been written about in fact in a in a review of the season that you sent to me earlier today uh antonio was alan seppenwalt hit fixes review of uh of season two that really the the you know the the holy trinity of why true detective season one worked was because of the of the actors uh because of mcconaughey and harrelson because of the direction from carrie fukunaga and then because of the writing from from nick pizzolato who i always want to say pizzolatte uh and i made just start referring to him as that because that's so that's much, racist it's just so much easier to me i'm sorry i know that it matters to you antonio <laughs> is, that, is that pizza humor that's pizza humor welcome welcome to podcasting with me that's what that's that's what life is like antonio can tell you all about it uh, i'm obsessed with pizza so you're, you're you're in good company my friend that's great well we'll see you at pizza portal in a couple of weeks uh but <laughs> but the writing was was kind of third place you know in, in terms of those three that it's really it's really the acting that was that was so all-star but also just the mood and the way that everything looked and just you know these crazy shots the tracking shot but just all of these really beautifully uh you know cinematography it's it's just it was it was a gorgeous show to watch and less so the story you know the story was was definitely tertiary in terms of those things um and that's the ingredient that's stable across season one and two uh you know those are those are the those are the two things uh that's the thing that's consistent across the board so uh I'm, I'm wondering you know that lightning in a bottle thing you're talking about antonio is is definitely something that i'm thinking about well i think we could feel good too because the look of the show was so much of nick's style and because he is still involved in this as a showrunner and he's going to be involved in every single episode i think we'll i think we could still have that consistency i i think through each episode you know what i mean yeah no i i hope so uh we'll see what what do you think about this jeremiah what do you think about the the setting change you know we we were in louisiana we were in new orleans for most of season one uh we're going to california how do you think that's going to impact the show at all 
Oh, well, it's definitely going to have obviously a different look because now we're in a whole different part of the world. And um, to me, that's that's going to be great. That's what's going to keep it fresh. I mean, one of the things that they've wrote so much about the show is they want it to be to be very different from the first season. They, you know, and what better to do that than is to go to another part of the country where, you know, it doesn't look anything like Louisiana. So this is going to be great. And I'm excited about the particular area of California that there has selected there, you know, it's, it's, it's in between, of course, two big cities there. It's, it's beautiful. It's in the big Sur area. And I think that that's going to have a, a great I love big Sur. to the show. So I think I'm very excited about to see, uh, see the parts of the landscape of California. We're going to see during the, uh, during the show. And I expect it to be a, also a huge part of the show, just like it was in season one with, uh, with the Louisiana area. Don't you agree that that's probably what we're going to should be expecting? Yeah. Well, I, I am a huge uh, fan of the California coast. Uh, I drove the California coast late, late last year uh, as a, as a solo road trip, which was very terrifying. I recommend bringing a buddy if you can. I had no buddy and it was horrifying. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it scared the shit out of me, uh, but it was awesome. What were you most scared of? Uh, driving off a cliff. Yeah. That was What's a buddy going to do? Stop you from doing that? Keep you awake, or uh, yeah, keep you like, keep you awake. Share the driving. Like you can't stare out the window and really take in the sights without being afraid that you're going to drive off. If, especially if you're like an anxious, neurotic uh, Jewish driver, as I am. You you drive a lot in New York, Josh? Not very often. Okay, I'm I do, I do drive. In, I do drive in New York from time to time. Uh, city <laughs> driving is less frightening to me than uh, driving on the coast of the continent. Fair, fair play with, with the steep, steep drops. But it's point being, it's it's beautiful there, and I think that the type of story that True Detective, based on season one, typically sets out to tell, could be pretty horrifying, contrasted against all of that really obvious beauty. So I am excited about the California setting. Yeah, I, I think I am too. I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little nervous about it only because uh, well the Southern Gothic thing. If you're playing the Southern Gothic drinking game, I've given you four or five pretty good shots. Mm. Um, but uh, while that while that is something that has certainly been done, uh, I think California noir is is a genre all in and of itself. Yes, so it, it is something that exists as well, and I'll be interested to see if we tread on a common ground here or if we're if we get into rarefied air and how much of it is Chinatown, which is a movie that is among my top ten of all time uh, and in a fantastic uh, kind of California noir type film. Uh, in, in playing in a lot of these same areas outside of Los Angeles and the kind of weird, uh, just beautiful yet dark and dangerous areas that are there. Uh, or, or you maybe get an L.A. Confidential, which I realize is set in a very particular place in time, uh, but is also all of peace with that sort of thing. So these are these are iconic kind of things that you're treading on when you when you set a show like this in its subject matter in California. So it'll be interesting to see how much it borrows from those sorts of things. Um, what, what do you guys know about the story of this season? Does anybody have a good grasp on what the general premise of True Detective season two is? You got it, JP. Go for it. Well, from what I understand, of course, it takes place. There is there is a, a basically a a murder takes place. I know this sounds crazy to say that, by the way. <laughs> a murder on true murder. There's been a million. Can I make yeah, yeah. before I tell you the plot? I'm going to say right now that I think I already know who is going to commit this murder. Oh God! I think it's going to be Mr. Green. Yes, the ballroom with the knife i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife 
<laughs> you made him a little more fay than I think he deserved there, Josh. <laughs> so anyway, the individual that's killed from what I understand actually happens to be a partner to um, Vince Vaughn's character, who obviously is this plays this gangster well reformed gangster right frank semian is his name yes frank that he's uh, i guess at one time was a big time mob boss type character who's trying to go legal shall we say and he's involved in a transportation type deal and all of a sudden one of his this this, this guy of his this partner he shows up trains that winds up being uh, killed and then th- that of course spirals into finding out that he was involved in a really dark scenario here where he's un- I don't know what all he's going to be involved in that's where the speculation is going to be is you know why was he killed but we find out that uh, he's involved in some pretty dark uh, stuff and of course then we have our three main uh, uh, t- detectives get uh, from all different districts gets uh, called in together to solve this crime. So, I mean, it's kind of vague. There's been a lot of, a lot of speculation as far as what in, was, was going to be involved for sure with the story, but it obviously it's essentialized about, it's definitely involving something to do with Frank and his organization. And then, but as far as who did it or whatever, but I think it sounds like you know they're going to spend a lot of time, of course, digging into each one of the characters. So it's definitely going to be very character driven, hopefully, and the plot will be just one aspect of the of the show, which of course we we know, which I think we should definitely expect that. So yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, and and I think one of the things that I I had remembered reading when when season two was starting to come together was like, oh, we're going to be focusing on the occult, so like it's going to be the occult side of the California transportation system and i believe the occult thing has been excised is what i have heard which is probably a good thing i would say yeah because uh, i feel like that's just going to draw so many comparisons to the whole yellow king of it all which that's not where the show went but and again i didn't watch week to week but based on just the observations that i was making of people who were watching week to week was there was a lot of expectation that maybe true detective was veering towards the supernatural so maybe it's smart to lean away from those kinds of expectations for season two yeah and i think that's definitely one of the things that nick mentioned in a lot of his interviews is that they had this idea well i know that at one point they were looking into like having it involve some kind of uh conspiracy in the u.s um, transportation conspiracy and then he also kind of has contracted on that saying that that was a direction they were looking at going but now they're not going to go in that direction where because it just didn't fit well with the characters right so it didn't flow well with with what was going on with the characters and they went with more of a traditional type crime story so i think we're definitely away from that but as far as the occult thing yeah i mean if they would have stuck with that with that concept that they did last time to me then the show would feel like this first season and i if they're trying to stay completely away from that then i think this is going to be smart that they're not really going to be involving that but the funny part was one of the things i read is that the guy when they find him dead though he does have strange occult type writings on his body so if that's true i'm like going well wait a minute is is it involving the cult or not the yellow king is back what what did you what have you read Antonio? because i'm sure you've read some stuff about uh, the script anything you've read recently i kind of stopped reading stuff about it because i kind of wanted to stay a little more pure i i will say i think that it will be interesting to track if, if you did watch the first season and if you didn't we've been spoiling a lot of it for you and we apologize but if you did watch the first season of true detective we spoiled too much not too much. Uh, not too much. But uh, we spoiled too many cooks. I mean, that we, we, did know. Spoil, we didn't spoil that uh, Snarf is like the last one standing. But they do know that the killer is the killer from too many cooks, right? We said that. Yeah, he was the yellow king. 
Yeah, we did. Well, we say did that. It kind of did look like the Elk King a little bit. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't mention it in that movie or in that uh, season. It was uh, Mrs. White. We didn't mention that. Right. No. Oh, we, we didn't say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She had flames. Flames on the side, on of, the her side of her head. Yep. Yeah. Side of the shooting flames. <laughs> uh, we we. So what I'll say is this: the, the first ser- the series season, whatever you want to say had a lot of themes and a lot of kind of recurring sort of things about what was worth living for, uh, what people's place in the world was, whether what, where they derived self-worth from. A lot of it was the Marty Hart and Russ Cole characters kind of thinking about that sort of thing. And the darkness that Russ Cole had experienced and the way that it affected his worldview, both through the death of his daughter and through his spending time in deep, deep, deep undercover uh, in the, the, the motorcycle gangs and narco trade in Texas. So there were all these themes in the first season. Uh, and I'm wondering... You know, we don't have a lot of continuity. We have continuity of writer. Uh, And because we have continuity of writer, I'm wondering if the same themes are going to pop up. So will Vince Vaughn's character, who's kind of trying to reset himself and trying to change things and maybe truly trying to get out of the game, is he going to be like Russ Cole? Is he going to have a cynical outlook on life? Uh, Maybe that's where Colin Farrell's character is going to come in uh, because he's kind of a dirty cop and he's maybe regretting some of the decisions that he's made. Dirty stash. He's got a dirty cop with a dirty stash. His name is Sanchez. His name is not Sanchez. His name is Ray Velcoro. Oh, sorry about that. Maybe Sanchez is his middle name. It could be. It could be. His last name's Velcro. Is that what you said? Velcro, but I always do look at it and say, hmm, Velcro. How'd you get that mustache? It's Velcro. It's it's Velcro. (laughs) Maybe he has a Velcro wallet. Yeah, well, Do you think Velcro has a Velcro mustache? I think that's what's happening that's here. That's basically what I have. Is that my, true? my best day. I can't really? grow a true mustache. Anything that you ever see of me in these video podcasts is a fake. It's just Velcro? No, it's just neared. Like that one you made Terry Schwartz wear? She wasn't wearing a Velcro mustache. That was actually her hair that she positioned as a mustache. Ah, uh, yes, that's correct. All right. Anyway. I, I because we have continuity of writer, I am very curious as to whether we'll have continuity of theme. Nick Pizzolatto wrote uh, wrote a book called Galveston. He wrote a book called Galveston that I read, uh, and there were so many of the same themes from True Detective. There, uh, it very it was very much of a piece with True Detective uh, in terms of the hard boiled kind of uh, really great, uh, full of life and cynicism at the same time kind of characters. Uh, and so, I think we're going to have a lot of similar to season one in terms of tone uh, and in terms of that sort of thing. How much it's a piece for piece thing with the occult and things like that, I'm not really super concerned about because I just want to see, we're, we're going to meet four characters and, and, and some surrounding characters in, in, at a certain point in their lives and we're going to find out probably some about what got them to that point point. and I just want to see what the show really has to say. I thought the best thing about True Detective at the end of the day other than that was a lightning in the bottle thing with all of those different elements was the show had a little bit to say about the friendship between Marty and Rust. And a about, lot, I feel like. A lot to say. Yeah, and about how people's outlook on life can change over time and what can cause it to change and where people can come, you know, grow apart and come back together and that sort of thing. And I thought that that was fantastic. And if this show takes four characters who had certain points in their lives and maybe none of whom are happy, it seems like, uh, and, and find some way to kind of forge together this moment where a couple of them are looking up at the stars at the end and feeling good about themselves uh, we'll have another successful season of true detective and now you've spoiled season one of true detective one of the things too i noticed that nick had said in one of his interviews he's he is he's gonna be 
still dwelling in that atmosphere of like this cosmic horror. He used the word cosmic horror. And I think that's a good way to look at it because it almost kind of feels like you're at points in the first season that you're watching almost a horror flick, right? And, and I'm sure that, that this one is also going to delve in some very dark places that, you know, most people don't know much about. I think I know that there's going to be some involvement in some weird you know, sexual world that they're going to be involved in. I think there's going to be some of that. Mm. And uh, so I into I, it. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's going to be some weird stuff like that. And I love I, weird stuff. It's uh, <laughs> do you like weird sex? Uh, I'm not going to say too much uh, to reveal of my cards. I like to play that closer okay. to the best, but yes, I do. Yeah. Velcro so I, pizza, the whole nine <laughs> Velcro like, sex is really where it's at. Yikes. I'm kind of like I'm kind of picturing like one of those. Oh. I have you ever seen Eyes Wide Shut? I have. I have. Let's I'm tread carefully here. Yep. <laughs> picturing maybe something like that. Okay. As far as the kind of world that maybe we could be. No dealt. spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, yeah. in terms of the show, not in terms of Josh. Oh, see, yeah. that's what I oh, thought too. Yes, and again, I, did I didn't too. want to reveal too much. Jeremiah was keeping it clean. Yeah. No, not, not this show. We're sticking to the show. Don't worry, Josh. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, so I think we're gonna. Fidelio. I think we're gonna be definitely delving into some pretty. Uh, pretty unusual things i'm sure sure i'm sure all right well uh antonio you mentioned you would like to see if this show could get us to that place where like proverbially these people are looking up at the stars and and figuring figuring out some new information about themselves and maybe a little bit happier but uh without naming names without making predictions specifically about characters let me just ask you both this question uh jeremiah will all four of these main characters walk out of this season alive yes or no i'm gonna go with no antonio I don't think so either. All right, then let's do a death draft. I oh love boy. to do this. This is fun. Oh, yeah. It's the preview show. We've got four main characters here. Four main characters. One of these characters is going to be on the table, and if that character dies, no one scores a point. Uh, but the we listeners will, win. The listeners. The win. listeners win. The listeners get this fourth person. This is your pick. We're picking for you. You will get it by default. Well, Antonio, um, they, Antonio the listeners are already winning. They got the three of us. Oh my oh, god! Hello. I think that they are losing, especially after that. <laughs> I think that they are losing big time. Uh, you mean Velcro and pizza, Josh Wiggler, dirty fantasies are on on everyone's wish list that's a long hashtag and i don't think that that's going to be the one Damn unless it, you're I was brave fishing. enough to go for it so that won't be the hashtag for this podcast yeah a future <laughs> podcast perhaps or like that'll be the hashtag across all of the podcasts uh <laughs> all right well what's i don't know i don't know what the best way is for who who should draft first so i'm just going to say antonio because you have an a as the first letter of your name so in alphabetical order you are going to go first all right um well i'll take taylor kitsch then you think Taylor Kitsch will die? He is he is your number one pick for somebody who will not survive this thing. Yeah, because I think of the of the I mean, I don't know, Rachel McAdams, maybe, but uh, I think he can generate some real sympathy. I think he's sort of like a he has a great kind of haunted dog kind of look about him. Like he's seen some shit. Uh, and I feel like losing that guy is, is going to be a pretty sad thing. And I feel like that is the death most likely to happen for that reason. Of course, I'm wrong, but um, that's my pick and I'm sticking with it. I don't want it to happen. I, I want him to live for bonus points if you can correctly predict the method of death Ooh, i like it um i'll say uh i'll say shot to death shot to death taylor kitsch shot to death that is antonio's pick jeremiah you are je over jo so you go first (laughs) i like that there's bonus points like as though i guess we could tie right because more than one could die yeah more than one could die so i guess bonus yeah it's it's important this is very important i thought thought about this a little bit okay okay 
All right, Jeremiah, you get to pick. Wow, I I feel so privileged. I get to pick second. This is fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to take in the death poll uh, in the death draft here. I'm going to go with Colin Farrell's character Ray. Okay, it's going to die. I feel like that's a good bet. Yeah, I like that. Now, so I feel like Colin Farrell's really great at dying in movies. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I think this is a this, is this the safe pick though? Am I going too safe here? I don't know. I for for me, I mean, just to spoil it, I'm taking Vince Vaughn. You know, I feel like yeah. Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell; those to me feel like the safest bets. I'm surprised that Taylor Wait, Kitsch was round well, one, to be honest. Antonio, you went out on a limb there, man, with the first pick of the draft. You didn't go with, uh, but I get, I get where you're going. Like you, you're saying that like the guy without like the superstar power will die. Like the compromise, like, two yeah, or three episodes to, left or something to like to, 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 exactly. to serve the greater story. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I can I can see that happening. That's that's my my belief. I, I look, I'm probably wrong, but uh, I also want Taylor kitch on my team any any chance i get man no that's a that's good, somebody you want to go to war yeah, with that's a really good point as well all right and jeremiah you're picking kitch. colin farrell i don't think you're making a safe pick i think um i, th- I think that it could go either way i think it could go either way vince with any Vaughn would have been the safe pick uh i think i feel like vince vaughn's got to go but maybe he won't because he's the one who isn't the detective and maybe the odds are that one of the detectives will die and the gangster will survive i don't mm-hmm. know but the it- field the audience has rachel mcadams and i feel like they're not going to win this thing well, hmm. I feel okay. I feel good. I about feel, her. All right. OK. All right. Well, give me give me your method of death for Colin Farrell. How is he going to go? I'm going to say that he gets his throat cut open with a knife. Wow. Whoa. So he comes up behind, dark. Yeah. you know, I mean, uh, that that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Boy, isn't that dark? That is really dark. This is it's what specific. A great scene it's going to be, though, right? You could have said suicide. I, I have expected that to be what you said. Well, that's what I'm going to say for Vince Vaughn. I think that like somehow this deal oh. that he's involved in is going to go so poorly, and all of these things are going to happen, and his whole carefully plotted plan to go legit and leave crime behind is just going to completely unravel, uh, and he is either going to, before he gets arrested and thrown into jail, he is going to jump off the California coast. That's what's going to happen. Oh, off one of the cliffs. Yeah, nice. he'll jump off one of the cliffs. It'll be a very cinematic moment, or he's just going to off himself in jail. Wow. I like the cliff one, though, better. I do, too. So that's what I'll go with. The, uh, the listeners just texted me, and they said that uh, Rachel McAdams will be bitten by an asp like Cleopatra. Oh, my God. Bitten oh, by no. an asp. Yeah. I don't know why. These listeners, I don't know what they're thinking, but that's what, that's what, I, that's what uh-huh. I've been told. How did Wait, they get no, your listeners. number? <laughs> it's it's everywhere man it is everywhere bathroom stalls whatever yeah i saw that on the on the road up to um upstate new york when i was driving the why we can't do, why it's just you left your mark everywhere there's signs everywhere it's like the yellow king you draw the little swirly which one of us is the yellow king oh come on mm. wow <laughs> nobody wants to say it but i, I it's probably me right is it? Are oh, you confessing? Antonio, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> See, now that's why I don't think that you're the Yellow King, because I feel like you wouldn't just come out and say it. Uh, I got myself a contract to mow this lawn, Josh. <laughs> Listen, hey, I live in the middle up, of hands up, Antonio. I, was no. that, you know, did, you say, did you say hands up or pants up? I both of those, please. God, I live in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. I live in a, in a small house that I own. Uh, there's a, there's a right across the, 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 no one is the road. There's a railroad tracks and a, and a field that I own that the grass gets overgrown in. Uh, I have a beard, uh, to cover up the weird scars on my face. No, that's not why. Um, I don't know. I feel very yellow kingy. Is your house called Carcosa or Carcosa? 
<laughs> it can you be. Anybody tied up in your home? Not currently. Oh. And when not was the against last time their, you made flowers. Not against their own will. <laughs> um, I, they, we don't really. I mean, I'm looking at a screensaver right now. It's snowflakes. Those are. I prefer to make snowflakes. You prefer to make snowflakes. Well, snowflakes yeah. are all unique, so I like that. Nice. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like I'm the yellow king of the three of us. I don't know. You, Jeremiah, you live in you live in Missouri, and uh, Josh, you live in 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 New York. So I, I feel like that alone puts me in yellow king territory. Yeah, I have a feeling that honestly. There is more yellow king characters in Missouri than any of the states. It definitely in the two in the states you guys live in, right? Uh, in Kentucky versus Missouri, you're talking about boot heel versus uh, my entire shit. state. I don't know, man. That's a good <laughs> my entire state is basically the boot heel. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yep, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's me because I asked the question and invited you into this conversation and just like clue how Wadsworth is the true killer. Perhaps it is I who is the L King. Ah, but not every ending has Wadsworth as the killer. Sometimes communism is a red herring. One plus two plus two plus one. Um, all right. Well, let's let's start wrapping this thing up. Let's go around the horn real quick. You know, we talked a little bit about catching lightning in a bottle with season one of True Detective. Antonio, do you think season two can do it? And like, what's, what's the best case scenario with season two? Can it be as explosive as season one? Can it be as zeitgeisty as season one? Is that off the table? And if that's off the table, what's the best case scenario? I do think that's off the table. I just, I think the expectations are too high. I think no matter how good of a season it is when we're done, when we've sat back, and we've seen every one of these eight episodes and we're able to evaluate the whole and the themes and every every bit of it. It's not going to start with a bang. That's not the way True Detective works. It's going to start probably in a, in a slow way, uh, in a paced and deliberate way, just like the first True Detective started. The problem is it's going to start that way with a lot of expectant eyes on it. Uh, and I don't know that, uh, that the hype is going to build in the same way that the hype built for the first season. I think people will be let down uh, if the, the first few episodes here aren't delivering uh, the way some of the episodes of season one delivered. I recently rewatched season one. Uh, and while season one is fantastic and, and there are some great endings to episodes, not every episode is a, oh my gosh, we, you know, I can't believe I just watched that episode. It is sort of crazy that there's such crazy stuff in episode four or five there um, with, uh, with everything that happens at the meth lab. But, uh, but in, in, in everything that happens in, in episode four, I mean, four and five, you're like, wow, the series could be over after the fifth episode because mm-hmm. the story that they're telling in the past comes to an end. Right. Right. So I, I just don't know that we're going to get that kind of designed narrative in this season. So I think that there will be a letdown. But I do think the best case scenario is when we look back at the eight episodes of season two, we're going to have some of those high highs. We're going to have some episodes that have 15 minute sequences like the sequence in the housing projects uh, with the, the great long tracking shot uh, or, or the sequence at the meth lab. We're going to have some great sequences like that because we've got Justin Lin who was an action director because we've got the person on board who just directed a great game of Thrones episode in hard home that was action packed and thrilling and atmospheric and all the things I think that True Detective can be, but won't be exclusively. So I think when we look back at the season, we'll have some of those moments, we'll have a consistent theme, and we'll have character arcs that deliver uh, in satisfying ways and in logical and expectant ways. And I think that that, if we've got that and we've got really great performances out of our four people, I think we'll have a really successful season of True Detective. Jeremiah, what do you think? What's the best case scenario for this season of True Detective? 
I think the best case scenario will be that everyone will walk away from it feeling that it still was an extremely really good season and that True Detective is definitely a show to still watch. I have all the same concerns Antonio had, though, is that I do worry that so many people are going to have such high expectations that the first few episodes are going to be so-so for them, and it's not maybe it won't grab them quite as much. I mean, they're not going to have that the Russ Cole character to make you like, oh, what is wrong with this guy when you first, those first few episodes, because you know, the, the, that season starts kind of like you, like you said, Antonio, very slow as, at first. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to it, but you were, but you were so caught up in these two characters and like, what's going on with them and what, why is this Russ guy so crazy? And what's the deal with, uh, you know, with Woody Harrison's character. I mean, you were, there was so much involved with these characters that you got so, you know, in, depth and wanting wanting to know more and more about them i think that is going to be the key to this is how much are we going to get sucked into these characters and are they going to be rich enough and deep enough for us to be excited every episode to see what what's up with them more than the story itself because i think i think the plot you know we'll be interested to see you know what's going on with that but i mean i really think that if these characters are going to be as, as rich and in depth as 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 both nick that nick pizza guy uh yeah, who's that pizza guy <laughs> that pizza guy the pizza guy with the lattes if, if everything he's saying is true about how how much they, they've really invested in these characters if it's if it's that good then we i think we should be okay and i think by the end of this of this eight episodes i have a good feeling that we'll look back and go yeah this was a really solid solid uh season i think the best case scenario is if vince vaughn jumps off of the california coast and i win the death draft <laughs> that well that is the most important or at least that colin farrell doesn't get his throat cut open and taylor kitsch doesn't get shot to death i'm okay if rachel mcadams gets bitten by an asp i'm rooting for the audience as well <laughs> i mean if that happens right like i, I have to i think win. we all win if that if that yeah, happens like, uh, oh that is that's a win-win for sure yeah i mean yeah, i would like I, rachel mcadams to survive this thing but if she's bitten by an asp <laughs> i literally pulled that out of my asp yeah, I, was, I can tell. I know I was, you well enough, Antonio, at this point. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this show. I mean, we, we truly are just getting started talking about True Detective here. We've got eight weeks of this show to chew on. And I like that we're not going to be coming on immediately after an episode airs. It's going to give us a lot of time to really think about the episode that we just watched. Um, so look out for our recap of episode one of True Detective. That's going to be dropping either next Monday night uh, or it will be coming the, the following morning on Tuesday. Get your questions in postshowrecaps.com slash feedback as soon as you have had the chance to watch the show. You can also tweet questions our way. Tweet Jeremiah. He's at jpanhorst. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. Two Zs. One R. I'm at Round Howard. Uh, and also, what, what, do you, what do you guys think of a, of a hashtag for this one? Does anyone have any good ideas? Hashtag, hashtag Velcro mustache. Yeah, I like it. Velcro mustache. Hashtag be. Velcro mustache. Let's go with that. Uh, or you could also declare who you believe is the yellow king of the three of us. You could do hashtag Jeremiah is the yellow king. Hashtag Josh is the yellow king. Hashtag Antonio is the yellow king. Any one of those will do. Uh, and subscribe to what we're doing. We're going to have a True Detective iTunes feed as well. I don't know if that is set up as you are listening to this, but it will be set up very soon. If it's not, postyourrecaps.com slash True Detective iTunes is going to be the way to do that. Uh, you guys have any any parting thoughts or should we just wrap this guy up oh no we could definitely wrap it up now i've got a quick question though do we do we receive extra bonus points if enough of the listeners say that 
one of us is the yellow king so like if 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 more of the listeners agree that antonio is does antonio immediately get extra bonus points for this no because okay. that that's unfair because obviously antonio is the yellow king you should have said yes josh no because no. i was I, w- I wanted to know how far jeremiah would go to win that title <laughs> Yeah, now that you mention it like that, I, I think I mean, I is he gonna, you're going to jump suit it up, Jeremiah. What are we going to do here? You're going to ride around in a lawnmower? Like how how far are you willing to take this? This is a this is a season long competition. You never know because I I am someone who does not like to lose. Oh my god! All right, well you guys, <laughs> this will be an ongoing mystery throughout the season. I like this. All right, you could you could keep hashtagging who, who the, yellow, the king yellow king is and whoever is the yellow king based on the fan vote at the end, we will we will reveal. And maybe that's not going to line up with who the yellow king really is. Josh, I, I want to point out the the yellow king. He did accents. He did little impressions of things he was watching on TV. I know you're quite fond of that. So are you calling me the yellow king? I'm just saying. No. <laughs> Oh, wow. That, that sounded like you might be the Yellow That's King. That's my impression of the Yellow King. That no. wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Hey, do you do, an, do you do an impression of the Russ Cole character, by the way? No, I do not. I'll work on it, though. I've been working on it, but it, it, still comes more, it sounds more like... It seems like something Antonio would be good. doing the Lincoln commercials more than it actually comes out as uh, the Russ Cole character. But it's basically the same guy. Is it the same guy? He's literally the same man. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the same guy he's literally the same man yeah russ wow. cole has in in between careers he uh he went and he drove cars for lincoln and did he coach football at marshall no but he did go to outer space and went into some wormholes and it was really weird oh, oh that is I, I don't even want to talk all about right that. speaking of really weird this is getting really weird let's let's wrap it up while we while we still have some uh some dignity left uh we will we will late. be back really late. soon talking about episode one of season two of true detective i'm really excited i think this is a great start you guys uh antonio jeremiah thank you both so much Thank you, guys. And thank you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. When True Detective Season 2 premieres on Sunday night, we will be back uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. We'll see. But we'll be back very soon with our first recap of Episode 1 of True Detective Season 2. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.